hello everyone. My name is Philip Jones, and um, I am one of the co-creators of If Anyone Should Find This, uh, a podcast that me and uh, my other co-creator, Rachel, started back in 2020 when the quarantine was uh, hitting us pretty hard, uh, to say the least. So, uh, uh, yeah, back then it was it was pretty minimal, I guess. Uh, we didn't have many resources, uh, and um, we just needed to find a uh, creative outlet, I guess. Um, basically, we were stuck in, uh, <laughs> we were in college at the time, and we were stuck in our dorms, and um, we wanted to make something. We wanted to do something artistic, um, and uh, that's how that happened, and now it's two coming up on three years later, and we're still supporting the podcast, and I know there have been a couple of comments about season three, but I will get to that. But first, I want to say thank you. Thank you. I want to say it with my voice. I know that we have said this in the past, but anyone who has listened in any format, uh, if you're listening to this right now, I know that we have not been uh, on top of it recently. There have been a lot of changes, and... Um, Hopefully, we will be back on a uh, consistent schedule uh, coming up, but we thank you so much for if you listen to season one, if you listen to season two, um, I mean, I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you are somewhat interested in it. I, I thank you so much. I, I know that, you know, you don't have to, <laughs> but it's uh, it means a lot to both of us um, because it's just us. We don't really have anyone else. Um so to see people receive it so well, uh, it's it's um, it's really uh, empowering, I guess. Um, yeah. So uh, the next thing is that the podcast will continue, um, but currently uh, we will not be doing a season three of If Anyone Should Find This. Uh, we have talked about it extensively. Uh, there have been plenty of back and forths between me and Rachel about how we wanted this um the story to go, uh, how the characters wanted to go, but ultimately we decided that artistically we didn't have the resources to continue the uh, regular, uh, if anyone should find this season, uh, as a uh, audio format. Um, it just seemed too, the, the scope became a little too big for just uh, talking to a microphone, I guess. Um, so that's that for now, but uh, we do have something new, a uh, new chapter in our um, creative journey, I guess you could say. Uh, and we will be doing a uh, short series of a, well, I guess not a short series. It will be, uh, it will be continuing. The series will be continuing, uh, but it will be a set of short stories uh, of different characters in uh, the world. Um, some will be characters you know, uh, some will be characters you don't know. Um, some will be from places that have been mentioned in uh, the original, if anyone should find this. Some of them have are in all new places in North America. Some are not in North America. Some are all over the world. Some are in the ocean, some are in the air. Who knows, right? This, uh, this world is expansive, and uh, we've been working on it ever since 2020. So, um, yeah, that was the uh, initial uh, announcement I wanted to give. I wanted to have everyone hear my voice on this first episode of Tales from the Prowess. <laughs> um, 
yeah, so this will be a set of our uh, short stories. Some will be extremely short, some will be long. The format will be uh, depending on uh, how we feel the story should, um, uh, how long we think the story should be. Some will be multiple parts, some will be uh, just uh, one episode. Um, it's, uh, it's a very free-flowing uh, format, and I think it works with us, and hopefully it works with you. So, um, yeah. <laughs> And I guess without further ado, let me interest you in let me introduce you <laughs> to the first episode of Tales from the Prowess. Thank you. Daniel was in the bushes behind a house. The backyard was relatively big, and if he wanted to, he could get into the house without being seen. He would need to move quickly and quietly, though. The soft patter of rain dropped onto his gas mask. At the moment, the rain was soft, but that wouldn't be the case for long. His taped-together rain suit would be able to repel some of the water, but not forever. The back door to the house was 80 feet away, not too far, but definitely not close. Keeping low, Daniel began to move out of the brush and creeping into the back door. The house was two stories. It was hard to tell if it had a basement from the outside, but Daniel assumed this could be a good place to scavenge. It was relatively off the main road. This neighborhood was nice, but not too nice. Most likely, the people who lived in this house were upper middle class. These types of houses were often abandoned by those rich enough to get to the safe havens early, and normally had good supplies left behind as well. Daniel was born into this mess, and had no clue what the world was like before this. He tried to read old newspapers and notes, listen to news recordings from the past, and even study the damage to buildings, and the deaths of those now skeletons. Even with that, he had no clue what the world was like before the nightfall. Daniel's feet squished into the mud as he came up to the back door. No alarms, no yelling. This was a good sign so far, unless they already saw him and were planning to shoot him when he got inside. Why risk that though? If they wanted to play it safe, they could just shoot him before he even crossed the backyard. Unless they don't have guns? In that case, Daniel had the advantage. He took out his small pistol and began to open the back door ever so slowly. It made no noise at all. Unsurprising, as another plus of newer houses was that the hinges were always quiet. Daniel found himself in a garage. Tools and metal scraps were thrown everywhere, and it was difficult to tell where you were stepping. In the center was a destroyed car. The hood was crumpled up and both headlights were smashed in. Daniel wondered what happened to the car and why, but there was no point in deciphering a destroyed Daytona. Daniel turned around to see if there was an easier way to get inside, but as he looked back out of the small window of the garage door, he saw the rain was coming down harder. With that, his decision was made. He had to move through the rubble. After a couple of seconds of assessing the situation, 
Daniel noticed that the door to the interior of the house was up a small set of stairs. Daniel also found a couple of rags by him, and with the tape from his bag, carefully taped the rags onto his shoes. The garage wasn't pitch black, but dark enough to the point where one could accidentally step on some glass and make a loud crack. This way, if you were to step on glass, it would be muffled by the rags. Or, that was the hope. Daniel began moving his way to the stairs, trying his best to take it slow, and after an agonizing five minutes, he made it to the stairs with no extra noise. Daniel took his scissors and cut the rags off his feet and opened the door to the house. It almost seems like this house was being renovated at the time of nightfall. The first floor was very open with the kitchen being somewhat dirty from the sawdust and shavings still on the counters. Beyond that, there was an unfinished wall that showed a way to a table full of tools and debris. With his pistol at the ready, Daniel began to sweep the house, checking for traps and hiding personnel. Moving past the kitchen and around the corner of the unfinished room, he saw a living room with basic furniture and decor. Nothing of use. Actually, now that Daniel thought about it, there truly is nothing of use in this house. Most of the time, even in a picked clean house, there was some extra pieces of string or wood that he could throw in his bag, but everywhere here was either too big for him to carry or too sturdy for him to try to rip off. Daniel didn't dare make a noise though, because he didn't even check the top floor yet. Until then, he needed to be silent. He moved through the living room and found the stairs lighting up when something caught his eye. A frame. A very decorated frame with a family photo in it. A man, a woman, and two little girls, and a dog. The man, Daniel noticed, seemed very tired in this photo, like he just came from a long day of work. It looked unnatural, like he was not supposed to be there. As Daniel kept looking at the photo, it seemed as if the man was somehow getting more tired by the second, the bags under his eyes getting darker, his face sagging a little bit more, his posture beginning to slump ever so slightly, his eyes. Daniel looked into the man's eyes. It almost seemed as if they were about to blink. Daniel became enamored, pulled into the picture. A staring contest with an image for a millisecond, maybe even a second. Daniel thought he could win. A moment, two moments, three, four, five. The silence of the room. There was no silence. There was a noise. What noise? There had to be one somewhere. Just listen. Daniel's breath. The rain outside, the creak of wood above him, the last one shook him out of it. He put the picture down and looked around. Nothing. Then he heard it again. Above him, there was a whine of wood after pressure. Someone was right above him. Daniel dropped himself down and moved slowly towards the staircase, pistol drawn. Daniel began to move around the corner. Then he saw it. It was a man, but it didn't feel like it was human. 
Daniel could only see the silhouette of him standing at the top of the stairs, not moving, just looking down at him. The feeling that came over Daniel at that moment was mainly confusion, but also vertigo, as if the world was just turned upside down and now he had to adjust. Was this an alien? Was it a, a dream? Was Daniel under some sort of spell? No. No. Daniel was quickly brought back into this world after the silhouette shot him. Daniel didn't even see the gun, or the hand move, or any motion for that matter. Sharp pain flooded his left shoulder as he fell back instinctively and shot three times at the silhouette. The man fell down the stairs and right next to Daniel's face down. Daniel didn't dare to move, touch, or try to see his face because somehow he knew there was horror in that body. Shaken with fear, Daniel ran out of the front door, not caring about scavenging that house at all. As soon as he got outside, he realized it was raining harder than ever. Daniel looked back into the door and saw the man again. Standing at the door, his eyes were white and he just stared at him. Daniel now saw who this man was. He was the man in the photograph, the one he couldn't keep his eyes off. Daniel looked at the rain, then looked back at the man. He decided to take his chances and ran off the porch and into the forest. The man in the picture had a name. His name was George. He, in fact, did not have white eyes or looked like a ghost. He was a normal 45-year-old with a red sweater, jeans, and a knife he was holding, just in case. George stood in the kitchen, twiddling his thumbs, waiting for his house to be clear again. This man was surrounded by food and weapons, and the kitchen was clean and spotless. The renovation idea was a last-minute decision that he thought was a cherry on top. At the table, there sat a woman and two little girls. The room was finished, and there was clothing strewn across the top of the table and the floor. The woman and the two girls were still a stone in fear, while the man looked at them in disbelief. The man, George, takes a bag of chips off the counter next to the bundle of oranges and the canned corned beef, and sits next to the three ladies. The table was piled high with guns and ammunition, and a couple of first aid injections. George was shocked that his wife and daughter weren't impressed. He thought he did a pretty good job considering how much time he had to prepare. George sighs and opens the bag and takes one chip and crunches it in his mouth. He always loved cheddar chips. The woman now looks at the two girls and says, It's okay, babies. We're safe. George smiles at them slowly, leans back in his chair, and asks, Do you believe me now 